The following program is sponsored by Marty McClendon and New Beginnings Christian Church of Spokane. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Well, welcome again to another In My Opinion. I'm your host, Marty McClendon. Welcome to a Saturday morning, the 29th of January. Can you... It's the 29th. A whole month is gone already. 11 more months to go. There's an old saying, uh, I think it was John Maxwell that said it, right? It's about winning, right? You win four days out of five, you win. You win three weeks out of four, you're winning. You win 10 months out of 12. And so when you set your goals, you understand that none of us are perfect. Uh, but I'm just letting you know that one month is gone. And for me, I'm starting behind, it feels like, but uh, this is thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you all across the ACN network. I'm hoping you have your coffee, your tea, maybe you're driving somewhere, you're looking forward to a great weekend with your family or friends or a hobby or whatever, but I thank you for taking some of your time to listen to this show. I thank you for New Beginnings Christian Church of Spokane or New Covenant. Uh, I've heard it both ways uh, for sponsoring this show. Um, if you're listening and you want to get your business, your ministry, or your church to sponsor the show, to get your word out, um, please reach out to me at morningshowmarty at gmail or reach out to Tom at ACN Radio. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can, of course, you can listen to the past episodes as I pop my pee. Uh, past episodes, I rebroadcast them on a podcast called In My Opinion by Marty McClendon. It's available on all your podcasting sites, SoundCloud, iHeart, iTunes, uh, Apple Tunes, and so forth. So check it out. You can also hear my other show with Doug called Doug and Marty versus the World. Just tell your smart speaker to, sp- to play Doug and Marty versus the World or play In My Opinion by Marty McClendon. All right, getting started like we always do with scripture, just one scripture today. There's a lot to talk about, and once again, Scripture today is Psalm 25, 4. It says, Let me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. And I, and I find myself coming back to this verse, along with many others in this, in this season. I find that when I'm looking at the things around me, the fight and the battle, and every day, no matter what you say, we've been in a battle, a spiritual battle, a political battle, a cultural battle, whether you think you're engaged or not, it's affecting you. The lockdowns, the mandates, the mixed messages, the the what is the truth? The shutdown of churches, uh, our schools, the kids. This could be overwhelming. So I want to encourage you and, and myself as well that I'm feeling like I need to be recharged. Like I need to draw near to God, get recharged physically, draw from the source, if you if you will. And then get refreshed physically, get refreshed emotionally and relationally, and so I can be ready for the next round, for to engage in the next fight, so if you will. So, but on that, there's so much to talk about. Not to discourage you, but I want to encourage you that we're in the fight, that we're we're gonna win because God's on the throne. And so, but this right here, though, let us know His ways. Let, let Him teach us His paths, because we know at the end of the story. He wins, and we win in him. All right, now to the news of the week that you need to know about and some of the news stories you probably don't know about that I want to share with you and kind of some a viewpoint, if you will, here on In My Opinion. Uh, the first one, of course, is I, I label this 
Biden stocks and the narrative is crashing. And of course, you see all around, I'll start with the narrative, where the all the things we've been told are as is science or truth is crumbling. A lot of these mandates are being reversed. A lot of these things are being stopped in the courts. A lot of people are pushing back and say, I've had enough for my kids, whether it be CRT, critical race theory, or some of the other things. Obviously, and the stock market has been taking a tanking. I don't have a lot invested in the stock market. I don't know if you do or not, the listeners out there. But uh, over the week, you know, like a thousand point drop over like four days, scary for some. And then those that are investing in crypto, those are down as well. I'll talk more about that at the end of the program in my real estate minute because it all is tied together to inflation, overspending, and so forth, which drives interest rates up. So it's really important right now to pay attention. But Biden falling, there's, as we know, his approval polls have been falling, but there's so much stuff going on now in the world. And I'll talk about that in a second as well. But even his own arch, I guess, not enemies, his supporters, the media, the mainstream media is coming out to get him and reporting much of the facts we've been talking about for a year. So I'm going to play two clips. Now, I'm, I'm playing a clip from CNN and Meet the Press, both shows that I never watch because I believe that they're super anti-conservative, part of the whole establishment. But when they speak truth, we have to raise them up and say, all right, they spoke truth in this case. So listen to this clip uh, from CNN about President Biden. Scott, I read a piece that you just wrote, uh, essentially saying this is Joe Biden doing what Joe Biden does. Yeah, well, he he I, I never imagined how quickly this would all unfold. The person they sold on the campaign, the nice old, you know, moderate grandpa who just wanted to help everybody get along and compromise is not what we got over the last year. He has no mandate really to do much of anything. It's amazing that he got a couple of things done when the mandate was really uh, pretty clear, 50-50 Senate, a near 50-50 House, and a pretty close presidential election. The mandate was simply replace Donald Trump and don't do anything drastic or stupid. And everything about this agenda is extremely drastic. And he's been angrier than I think people expected. He's been more divisive. He's been more partisan. You look at the issues. We built five years of coverage on Trump out of Russia, COVID, and democracy. The president at his press conference invites Russia to invade the Ukraine. We got more deaths under Biden than Trump. And now we have the president and vice president and leading Democrats question the legitimacy of the 2022 election. Are we any better off on these three issues that we crucified Trump over? I think he has a lot of political problems. And an AP poll came out this morning. Only 28 percent of Americans want the sitting president to run for re-election, and fewer than half of Democrats. This is a disaster. So you think about that. This is CNN actually reporting on how bad the polls are and how even Democrats don't want the sitting president reelected. Of course, this is no surprise to this show and our listeners, but I'm just shocked to hear that. And I've got one more clip doing the same thing, breaking down the recent polls. And this is on a, a station that is touting how great this guy was when he got 80 million votes here. So our new NBC News poll suggests Mr. Biden does need a reset because he's lost his identity a bit. He's no longer seen as competent and effective. He's no longer seen as a good commander in chief or perhaps most damaging as easygoing and likable. In fact, just 5% of adults say Mr. Biden has performed better than expected as president. One of the many lowest firsts and fewests in our poll. And as we kick off our Meet the Midterms coverage heading into November, the NBC News political unit developed what we're calling a midterm meter. It's based on previous election cycles. It's basically three poll numbers you need to know best. I'm gonna start with the perhaps the most important number to understand. 
uh, the direction of the midterms, its job approval here. The president's job approval rating sitting at 43 percent. If you look at history, history shows that kind of presidential approval rating leads to a shellacking for the party in power. How about the mood of the nation? Well, let me show you this right now. Our wrong track, nation's on the wrong track number, sitting at 72 percent. Second poll in a row where we've been over 70 percent. So 72 percent, 72 percent of America think we're on the wrong track, which I'm surprised it's not 90 percent or 100 percent. But you know what it is. There's some diehard people that uh, are in love with a party, a D, an R or a D for that matter. Uh, but we are heading in the wrong direction, and we've seen it all around us. We know what the truth is. And so when they actually admit it, though, it's like, oh, that's newsworthy. You're admitting that there's truth there, that we are struggling under this uh, poor leadership and really lack of leadership. We've seen this um, the other day. The, the uh, Jen Psaki, the press secretary, um, was asked what Biden was doing that day, and she made up a whole bunch of stuff like uh, reviewing stuff and meeting with staffers and and so on. And I'm paraphrasing here. Basically, she was stumbling, and then at the same time, cameras caught our president at an ice cream shop doing a photo op, getting ice cream. So she had no clue what he was doing, or she was covering up what he was doing, and clearly not doing the job that we've elected him, or anyway, someone elected him to do. But the news cycle was shifted this week because um, Supreme Court Justice Breyer, who was appointed by um, Bill Clinton during his presidency, uh, news announced that he's going to retire. He's going to retire, and part of that is because of the shellacking that's coming. When there's 72% of America thinking we're going in the wrong direction, means that Republicans will probably take the House and the Senate. Only if the candidates are good and only if you and I and everybody else around us actually get out and vote and put these people that have driven us to lockdowns and mandates and all this tyrannical behavior out of office. So, yes, uh, history is on our side. Uh, Momentum is on our side. We've got to win. But uh, so Justice Breyer was going to step down. Uh, President Biden gets to appoint uh, a new Supreme Court justice because before 2022, they're afraid that once the, the Senate goes back to Republicans and the House does as well, that they won't confirm um, Biden's appointee. Now, with the 50-50 Senate, the vice president, Kamala Harris, could be the deciding vote, which is interesting to me because a lot of people in the political left, in the political spectrum, are looking at potentially putting Kamala Harris up for the Supreme Court. I think that's a bad, bad, bad choice. I would never want her on the Supreme Court, but then I didn't want her as vice president either. She's it's just not... She's not doing a good job. She avoids it. She blames others. And she runs on race identity. So I just, it's not the right person to have on Supreme Court. However, wouldn't that be interesting? If you're the deciding vote, could you, do you have to recuse yourself then? And then you wouldn't have the 51st vote to nominate yourself? I think it's just very interesting. If they were going to do it by party line, how would they elect her on a split Senate? You might have someone like a, uh, um, Mitt Romney or somebody switch over and vote for her. Who knows? Uh, maybe some kind of horse trading behind the scene. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I thought the Babylon Bee came out and posted immediately said that, you know, um, the Democrats are saying that during the campaign trail, President Biden promised, promised to appoint a black woman on the Supreme Court. He also promised to um, get a black woman as a, a running mate. So we got Kamala Harris. So that's why the speculation is. But Babylon B came out and said, oh, we have the best 
um, candidate for President Biden. It was Elizabeth Warren. And it was a tongue-in-cheek joke because Elizabeth Warren uh, has claimed to be Native American for many years, and she's found it to be a fraud. She got scholarships. She had a teaching job all on, based on her heritage, which was a lie. So, uh, once again, that seems to be what we see a lot in public office, at the federal, at the um, state and local levels. There are a lot of really good people that I know that are in politics for serving, but there's enough of it that we can all go, uh-huh. How do you know when they're lying? When their mouth is moving, right? So I don't take too much time in there bashing the president. I'm just saying this is the polls are showing that people are waking up, that the narrative is crumbling, and we're getting tired of this big government growth and um, uh, lockdown and so forth. Next up, though, um, on the same um, lines of, okay, we have this Justice Breyer thing. Actually, before I go there, Back to Justice Breyer. So he, obviously he's being political as well. He's been very political in the court. He said he wouldn't be. Uh, so whoever President Biden appoints and whoever they can get through the confirmation hearings and gets on the court, they're there for life. So I'm assuming it's going to be somebody younger. Who knows where who it will actually be. Uh, but I, I asked Doug on our other show, Doug and Marty versus the world, if the political right of Republicans will go as crazy literally crazy as the left did when we had Kavanaugh, when they accused him of gang rape, when they made up stories about, and all of it was false. He's a, he's a godly man, a Christian man, family man, never did that stuff, but they made up all these horrible stories uh, to try to not get him uh, confirmed. And then Gorsuch, it was bad, but not as bad. And then you have um, Amy Coney Barrett, which they were just crucifying her as well. All three of them there, and not all of them vote our way all the time, but Thank God we have a 6-3 majority so that things like the vaccine mandates are being stayed. Things like Roe v. Wade is actually being looked at to be overturned. Good news. So those some of the vestiges of good leadership when Trump was in office. And more um, good news. We, we talked last week about OSHA. Um, OSHA, the pre- Biden administration was trying to use the OSHA, the Occupational and Safety and Health Administration, um, to force a workplace rule for employee or employers with 100 employees or more to make sure their employees were vaccinated or they couldn't work. Well, it was stayed in Supreme Court, and, well, this week, OSHA actually removed the mandate. They withdrew the temporary standard issued back in November. What that means is they've given up. They're trying to find another way to do it, but they're not even trying to fight it in court because the court stayed it and said we won't, basically won't support it. So that's good. It's really good. The bad news this, this week, and we all know it, but we have the showdown in Ukraine. Remember the whole thing during Trump? It was Ukraine, 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 how Trump was some kind of collusion, this phone call, and they impeached him. And then they were basically trying to get our, our attention off of what Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, getting kickbacks, and then but there's a lot of corruption in Ukraine. We know this. So now you have... Uh, Vladimir Putin on basically amassing troops along the border. And there's a lot of this like um, political chit chat where Biden says, well, if it's not a full incursion, then maybe we'll just do sanctions. And then they had to come up and clean up his mess because all you're doing is emboldening this dictator in Russia who wants to grow back the original USSR. So bottom line is he's threatening like he's coming into Ukraine. We have a duty to, partner with Ukraine. We're not part of that, uh, the UN, but still part of this force. So we've got 8,000 troops on the ready to assist 
that seems like we're getting building up towards some sort of, of conflict, some kind of war. We just had the whole thing, the botched pullout of Afghanistan, um, where we still have American citizens, Amer- American SIBs, they call them, people that support us, still behind enemy lines. And they're getting out by American citizens, uh, ex-military, uh, operators, not the U.S. government. And so we still leave people behind. And now they're, they're looking at this thing. Well, we're going to do a very strong response, some kind of uh, sanctions. <laughs> Pardon my French. I won't say that, but just this is a scary thing. When you have weak leadership, you invite these, these um, dictator countries to flex their muscle, whether it be North Korea, whether it be China or Russia. Right now, this is at the exact same time when um, when Putin is flexing his muscle, trying to get concessions and trying to bully, if you will, America through Biden and through their their corrupt relations. China is flying jets and stuff and being very aggressive towards Taiwan, right? But the, once again, over there, dividing our attention, uh, both flexing their muscle and saying, basically, America, you're not welcome here anymore. So all of that's happening. So. First, we need to pray. We need to be wise, though, so God will show us a way. We need to actually focus on these elections to get them elected. But we need strong leadership. We need a strong America, and we know that. And so we need to elect and push and demand that we have strong leadership that isn't so wishy-washy. Anyway, that's obviously it's my opinion show, so I'm, I'm talking about this. We all agree on this. So I'm not trying to scare you, but there was a Cuban Missile Crisis. You know, it was John F. Kennedy. We've gotten different things. This is serious, where you have on two different fronts, where we have we have obligation with the weakened America, who's already botched one pullout, where we got $80 billion worth of equipment, uh, 80 or $8 billion. Anyway, billions of dollars of equipment left behind in Afghanistan to the Taliban. That just makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. And so we're, this is what you do. This goes back to the Obama administration. They signed the deal with Iran. Whether you like him or you didn't, when he went around the world apologizing for the way America's been over the years and bowing to other world leaders, that does not show a uh, position of strength. Ronald Reagan says, trust but verify. Power through strength. Uh, the best defense is a strong offense. Not that we're taking ground, but the fact that people know that they can't mess with us. Now, we have, there's a proudness here for a reason. We're also very gracious and very giving. All right, moving on. So I have a segment here I'm going to call the Washington versus the free world uh, because it's crazy when you think about comparing about just in the U.S. I'm talking about, just, you know, obviously we can talk about the United Kingdom with Boris Johnson came out after he got busted for having a party when everybody else was locked down and had COVID vaccines and, and masks and stuff. He was doing a maskless party, but he came out through the parliament and said, hey, we're going to roll back, no mandates, no fight, losing your job, no mask. He goes, you do what you want to do, wear one if you want to wear one, get a vaccine if you want to get vaccine, but we're going to trust the British people to do what they want. Okay, but back to the U.S., Washington versus the free world. Kind of tongue-in-cheek. So in Washington, we have vaccine cards, especially in Seattle. You have to have a vaccination-proof card to show to go to eat, to keep your job, to go to a movie. So in what the Washington state legislature, this session, the Democrats who are in power, majorities in both houses and the governor, are running a bill to make it a criminal offense. A, a Basically, you can go to jail and get fined if you show a faked vaccine passport. You're like, all right, you know, whether you agree or not, um, this is kind of, it's all 
ridiculous. But now they're going to that point where they want to make it a criminal. They want to enforce this so that not only do you have to show one, but you can't show a fake one or, or to access um, things like movies and stuff. This is in Seattle. And now the state legislature for statewide is looking to, to penalize or criminalize uh, showing a fake vaccine card. Now, uh, you have in Texas, South Dakota, and Florida, to different degrees, they've banned any vaccine mandates. In some cases, mass mandates, they've said, we'll fine you employers if you actually force your employees to get a vaccine or to be fired. We'll fine you if you force them to do mask. On top of that, another free state, South Carolina, this week came out and said they are running a bill. So Washington's running a bill to make it a fine and criminal if you show a fake vaccine passport. Okay, whether agree or not, South Carolina is running a bill that's made national news that says if you, you can be fined with a penalty up to $14,000 and a year in jail for asking somebody to provide proof of their vaccine status. So they're going just the opposite way and saying, you know what? You have no right to my medical history. You have no right to ask me about this or to make me prove it. So if you ask me my vaccine status, you can go to jail. You can pay a fine. So but I'm on that side. I think that's, yeah, obviously, that's probably going a little too far um, for work and, you know, what we can do in a free country. But think about that. What a dichotomy between the two. But there's more, okay? So in Texas... And other states, other red states are passing heartbeat bills. That's why we have this whole thing at the Supreme Court where they're actually looking at overturning Roe v. Wade because the, the technology and science has advanced a lot since 1972. Um, we know that the baby uh, feels pain. We know the heartbeats early on. That things have changed. We know more about babies, so the heartbeat bills are a big deal about conception and life and when life is from a legal description. Basically, it's going to go back to the states and so forth. Okay, so what you have, Texas uh, Texas and other states passing these heartbeat bills. Then you have Washington. And, of course, I throw in California there as well. Washington and California are rushing right now to pass legislation to make Washington and California abortion sanctuary states so that women from anywhere around the world, especially around the U.S., that are in states that, were, that have heartbeat bills, heartbeat bills, to come to Washington to get an abortion on demand up to the day of birth. So they're going just the opposite of what everybody else is going in, in the red state. So you have this big dichotomy of Washington versus the free world. But I got more for you. So this uh, just this week, Michelle Caldier, which is the state legislator, one of them in my district over in the 26th, um, she's kind of a middle-of-the-road moderate Republican. I'll just put it that way. So she's proposed an amendment she shared online. And now, um, Michelle Caldier is pro-choice. Let's put it this way. I'm pro-life. We don't agree on that. But the Democrat left is running a bill that, that was going to change that when you are pregnant with child, you would no longer be called a mother. You would be called a birthing person or a pregnant person. You wouldn't be called a mother. And she was running a bill that pregnant people could still be called mothers. And then uh, basically it went along party lines. The Democrats said, no, it's not fair. They must be called pregnant people. So they're changing the terminology in the state of Washington for those that have babies to pregnant people, just so that transgender or men who become women who are men, women who become men who were women that can still get pregnant 
won't be called women or won't be called women. It's, it's, it's crazy, but I want to share. This is, this is the wokeness and what your political left legislators spend their time on in addition to defunding the police, in addition to increasing taxes, in addition to all those things. This is the consequences of not getting engaged for these elections. I better hurry up as time's running short. On the front of defunding the police, we know that uh, two years ago, there's a big defund the police movement in Seattle. A lot of the police left, the police chiefs left, the city council kind of got changed over a little bit, got a little bit more moderate. But they also forced the vaccine mandate. So they lost a ton of cops across the board for forcing them to get the vaccine mandate. So they're already short-staffed. Crime is already through the roof. They won't prosecute things. The city of Seattle is getting really ugly. And just this week, of the remaining cops that they have left, 20% of them tested positive for COVID. So you have a depleted workforce, a depleted police force, you know, that's already just the ones that have been vaccinated and 20% got the COVID. So uh, be careful out there, but also um, make sure you're, you're watching out for your family. Okay, more of the Washington versus the free world. In Louisiana, it's all charter schools. Great graduation rates, great outcomes for kids. In Florida, you have two tracks. If early on through middle school, you get uh, basically acuity. Are you talented in certain areas? The trades versus college. And you work and you step into a track into high school. What are you going into the trades? Are you going into the tech school? What are you going into college? What a great thing I've been talking about for years. But in Washington, just this week, it came out by Liv Finna from the Freedom Foundation and Washington Policy Center said that Washington State through 2021 is spending $16,882 per child every single year uh, through education. That's just that's just the budget. It's not the capital spending. It's not the special COVID money. It's not the special federal money. That's just to the, um, the basic education, almost $17,000 per student per year. At the very same time, a week ago, the numbers came out. Only 30% of Washington public school students, all of them combined, are 30% of them are at meeting standards, the math standards for the state. And 47% are meeting English standards. So you're spending almost $17,000 per child, plus all the other billions of dollars going in, and yet our kids are failing. Of course, this is why the Oregon governor, Kate Brown, wants to do away with math and English standards. Because when we shed the light on how poorly the public schools do for our kids, we want to start pulling our kids out of school, taking them home. Because all they're doing is teaching them the critical race theory, teaching them that your parents don't know anything, teaching them that parents, their values are wrong. So it's indoctrination right now. So if you have a chance, homeschool, private school, uh, charter school, pull them out, whatever it takes right now. I'm encouraging you to um, put your kids first, like we all do. And I'm going to end up with my real estate minute. My real estate minute today, as I talked before, we have rising inflation. We talked 7.2% last month, the highest since 1982. We've got increased spending, which we've spent literally uh, eight times as much in the last six years that we have in the last 80 years. I mean, it's just crazy amount of money. Uh, they've increased the money in the market, which which decreases the value of all the money we have. If it makes sense, you add more in, but not adding more value, you have done, your dollar doesn't go as far. And then you have stock market falling like crazy over the last week. What's I'm saying? All that e- adds up to is increased 
uh, interest rates. Interest rates have to go up and they're going to go up. They signaled them uh, recently. So within probably a couple weeks, a month, they're going to rise. Why that's important for real estate. You should refinance now if you haven't done it because rates are super low, super low. And if you're sitting on the fence for buying a house, don't. Go out there and buy a house if you can right now. First of all, um, most houses in Washington have gone up over 20% just the year alone. I understand there's a bubble coming, but interest rates, for every point of interest rate that it goes up, so that we're at 2.99 now, it goes to the 3.99, you lose 25% of your buying power. Basically, a quarter of the market goes away. You get less house for the same dollar. So if you have an eye on a house right now and you, you can buy it for 2.99 or 2.5%, do it. Because that same house at 4% is going to cost you a whole lot more money. And with a lot more money and with inflation as well, it takes you a lot longer to make it. So I want to encourage you right now that it's, the market's still great, still limited supply, uh, and it's still very hot. But with inflation right, rates rising, make sure you're watching that. Make sure your money goes farther by getting more bang for your buck. Get engaged, uh, invest. Obviously, pay attention to the politics, pray, vote. Get out and fight. Bring light to things. All right. Well, God bless you all. Have a great rest of your weekend. I'll talk to you next week on In My Opinion. I'm your host, Marty McClendon. God bless. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do.